On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, some brand new Model 3 owners are not happy about an uncommunicated change to the Model 3's premium interior package. Elon Musk has big plans for at least one LA area supercharger. The next generation Roadster goes out for a public spin and more. Howdy friends, Ryan McCaffrey with you here on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. It's the 128th episode here for January 14th, 2018. As usual, I am joined by a happily chewing on a, uh, what is that? It's a dental chew over there, Daisy the Boxer puppy. And uh, it has been a busy week of Tesla. In fact, it's been uh, a week that I, I would not have expected a little bit of a disappointing week. We're going to talk about why in just a minute. Uh, but first of all, I did want to mention a quick correction and an update from an item last week. You'll recall I mentioned that I was tipped off that there is a red Model 3 on display in Fremont. I erroneously said that that was actually at the factory. There's, there's sort of a showroom store there. Uh, it's actually at the Fremont Delivery Center that is just down the road. So if you are in the Bay Area and you're looking to go view the Model 3 for yourself, you can get in it, you can check it out, you can do everything but drive it. You can play with the screen, sit in the seats, check out the trunk, the frunk, etc. That is at the Fremont Delivery Center. Now, the related note to that is that just this week, coincidentally, Tesla uh, rolled out a couple of cars into showrooms. People have been wondering this for a long time. We will have to see if this continues or if this is just going to stay limited into these uh, sort of two key foot traffic markets. But uh, if you again are in the Bay Area, there is a metallic silver. That's the dark gray color. There is a metallic silver Model 3 with 19 inch sport wheels. Uh, I guess I can't call them sport anymore, but <laughs> that one's going to take me a while to to fix it, to, to correct in my brain, but there is one. So it's at the Stanford mall in Palo Alto, which is that outdoor shopping center there near the Stanford campus. And in uh, Los Angeles at the century city mall, there is a model three of the same configuration. So, uh, it's going to be busy this weekend, probably as uh, folks want to go check these cars out as Daisy, the boxer puppy drinks up in the background. If you're hearing that, but they're there uh, for California folks, northern and southern. Go take a look at the cars. Uh, all right, moving on. So this was the big item of the week. This turned into a big controversy, as usual with the internet, probably blown a little out of proportion. But I have to say, I'm, I'm actually pretty bothered by this and upset about it, as are a number of other people. We'll see how you feel. I don't know if you've heard about this yet. But what happened was the Model 3 headliner material. Now, remember that every single Model 3 so far is being built with the premium interior package, the premium upgrade package. That includes, of course, the glass roof. That includes uh, the premium, the soft materials, premium materials throughout, uh, and a few choice other bits. And it is, it is that premium material that is being called into question as some customers this week, as they were taking delivery of their cars, 
They got they got to their cars, they sat in them, and noticed uh, in, in a way that they were not pleased with that the headliner material had been changed from the Alcantara, uh, whether it's actually Alcantara, I don't know if that's like a brand name or anything, but, but you know, that soft, synthetic, suede-like material that's been in every single Model 3 since, including the, uh, the, the production cars that were at the Model 3 launch event that I rode in. I mean, you go back to whatever episode that was of this podcast when I was giving my first-hand account of riding the Model 3. I remember specifically commenting on how premium the interior felt, uh, and, and the, the headliner was a part of that. You know, this was a supposedly a, you know, a more, not a budget car, but a, you know, a lower, uh, a lower price car compared to the S, compared to the X, and it had just this beautiful material. Everything looked great and felt great to the touch throughout the interior. Well, uh, that has that has uh, changed this week. You may still feel like it's very premium, uh, and that is going to be up to you. But yeah, customers who took deliveries of their cars saw that the that that Alcantara you know suede like material had been changed to a premium textile headliner, sort of a, a fabric weave type of thing. Now some of these cars even have been uh, photographs have been posted with mismatched pieces meaning that they've got Alcantara sun visors, but with the textile headliner. So this is odd. This caught a lot of people that were taking delivery of the cars off guard. Uh, a statement was issued to Tesla, and then a sort of more, more complete and elaborate version of the statement was, was sent out uh, to a number of customers. Tesla obviously crafting a, a statement internally and then giving that out to to whoever asked the when folks started inquiring customers started inquiring the Tesla executive care team started responding to people who were inquiring with the following message as we continue to increase production of model 3 and produce more high quality cars for customers all model 3 vehicles are being made with the same premium textile headliner found in our flagship Model S and Model X vehicles, which has always been planned at this stage of production. The Model 3 is a great car, and the premium package retains premium finishes throughout the cabin and benefits from a variety of other functional enhancements, including premium audio, upgraded side mirrors, and heated front and rear seats. This is the product that we are making going forward, and we did not communicate that customers would receive a specific material. We made this transition in the S and X some time ago and have been referring to this material as a premium headliner in those vehicles. The current material, material, pardon me, is also a premium headliner, but with a different texture where durability has remained, un, uh, I think that that's misspelled, has remained unchanged. And this is our product that we stand behind. I hope this helps clear things up for you and my apologies if it was not the exact response you desired. Thank you for being part of our growing Tesla family. So, uh, I, you know, you guys know, I don't do this a lot. Uh, I, I've, I've actually lauded Tesla many times in the past for how refreshingly honest and spin-free they tended to be with their statements. And uh, I have to tell you, I have a lot of problems with this response. And namely, that this is the kind of spin-tastic, issue-dodging PR BS, quite frankly, the Tesla has mostly been above. They've been above this 
throughout their existence thus far. And how they've handled this, to me, is extremely disappointing. Now, uh, a lot of people, and rightly so, have been latching on to a particular phrase within that statement that Tesla has been, been uh, giving out, and that's the, quote, always planned for this stage of production part. How does that make sense? I have no idea. How, how does it make sense that you planned 2,000 cars with the Alcantara, and then that was drawn up in a plan somewhere, and you said, okay, we're going to change to this textile stuff now. That doesn't add up. Uh, if it's, unless, the only, the only thing I can think of, trying to, trying to think here, Tesla, you know, I've said this a million times before as well, that I tend to give them the benefit of the doubt because I feel that they have earned the benefit of the doubt over time. So the one thing that comes to mind is, is this some sort of clandestine thank you gift? to the employees of Tesla, if this was planned, because, of course, the employees got the first cars, uh, and th and now as quote-unquote regular customers, meaning it's, you know, non-employees, it's it's uh, it's existing or uh, Tesla owners, you know, people that have S's and X's and Roadsters, those are the people getting the cars now as they're transitioning to this textile material. So... Was this a thank you, like a, a stealth thank you to the employees by giving them a, again, and, and I, I am, it is a subjective thing to say that, that the Alcantara is a nicer material. Uh, you do need to see it for yourself. I encourage you to look at the pictures online. Uh, but anyway, so another, th you know, another thing I'm thinking here, is this, a, a lot of people are wondering, is this a supplier issue? Is Tesla covering their behinds here because they ran into a supply issue and this is a PR statement to uh, avoid having to ad publicly admit some sort of issue with suppliers. Uh, that, that theory is somewhat corroborated by some of those cars having the mismatched configuration, the Alcantara sun visors with the premium textile headliner. Uh, and, uh, but I just don't get that. They've, because Tesla has always just gotten ahead of these things. I mean, I, I would expect them to say, hey, we had a supplier issue and we will rectify it later with the affected customers, either through a retrofit or some sort of monetary restitution because we wanted to, we didn't want to hold up production. We wanted to, to get people their cars. So now what? I mean, it's funny. I... <laughs> I almost wish that I had recorded the podcast earlier in the week when this first happened because you would have gotten a much a bit more of an impassioned response from me. I was I was honestly I was mad about this at, at, in the beginning. I really was. Uh, I you know I've I've calmed down a little bit, and that's probably for the best, honestly, because you know what the world is is filled up enough with hot takes as it is. Uh, a, a measured, careful sleep on it take is probably for the best. And now, I know some of you may be out there thinking that this is not a big deal. You might be thinking, hey, Ryan, it's just the headliner material in the car. You're looking out the windshield. You're not staring up at the headliner. Who cares? And you know what? If that's how you feel, that's great. I, I've got no problem with that opinion on this. In fact, quite honestly, I wish I felt like that. But the reality is... 
every single media write-up on this car so far, whether it was, you know, sanctioned by Tesla or not, uh, meaning, you know, if, if some outlet, a lot of outlets have gotten a hold of early customer cars and a few people, uh, Motor Trend, Road & Track, uh, probably one or two others have, have actually gotten a hold of vehicles through Tesla in, in the official channels. Every single one of those cars has been, uh, the, the coverage on those cars, whether it was a write-up or a video or both, has been done on a car with Alcantara. Every single public press photo on the Tesla website has the Alcantara material. Heck, when you log in to your My Tesla account, that that login page and it's the interior shot uh, with the mo- of the Model Three. Uh, you're like it's it's from you know in the cockpit of the car. That car has Alcantara headliner. Uh, you know it's and as I said, the production car I rode in. My first impression of this car came in an Alcantara car. The car I drove that a, a Tesla employee was kind enough to. Uh, meet me with and and let me drive for a while. Alcantara car. I mean, the the expectation has been set by Tesla themselves. Even if they didn't explicitly state it, that was part of their their PR their statement on this is, hey, we didn't specify what material it was going to be. Well, uh, nevertheless, I, I believe you've they've set an expectation for one thing, and then. Tell handed people something else without notifying them or telegraphing it in any way, shape, or form. I think the uh, lack of communication on this, as well as the reason given, are both infuriating to me. Because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. If I was taking delivery this of a Model 3 this week... What, Daisy? What are you doing down there? <laughs> Let's get out of there. Uh, sorry about that. She is digging around for something. Anyway, if I was taking delivery of a Model 3 this week and I walked into that delivery center so excited, so excited because I've been waiting years for this. You guys know that I'm not kidding around when I say that. Like, I've, I, I have pictured it, daydreamed about it, so many times of what that day is going to be like for me when it finally arrives. It's a day that I personally, a number of you have been waiting years for. I've been waiting, this is, this is year nine of me waiting for this car in some shape or form. Year nine. Uh, and, and year, uh, well, I'm, it's going to be heading into year three since actually reserving it before I, before I get my car. Um, Heck, maybe even before I get my initial invitation to configure, depending on how things go here. But uh, so the point is, I've been waiting years for this. I have been uh, quite, you know, quite frankly, obsessing over it. I, I admit that it's, you know, it's in an enthusiastic, positive way. But yes, I mean, this is this is something that I've been looking so forward to. And if so, if I walked into that delivery center as I've daydreamed about so many times. And I sat in the car. I saw it from afar. I, I've even wondered, like, am I going to cry a little bit? Like, just at this thing finally becoming real? And then to, I'm picturing myself, you know, picturing that happening and then walking over to my multi-coat red Model 3 in the row of cars at the delivery center. 
and getting in the car for the very first time and looking around the car and seeing this textile headliner material. Because in my opinion, now, if, if Tesla had upgraded to something even nicer, you know, I don't know what that would be. That would be one thing. And yes, I realize this is fully subjective. This is a very, very subjective situation, but I am far from the only one who has seen the pictures, uh, who, who feels uh, like we're getting a downgrade here. I feel like this is a downgrade, but that's the thing. So if I were, if I sat in the car on that day, I, I have to tell you with no exaggeration, with no hyperbole, that it would really put a huge damper on my entire experience. An experience that when that day comes for me and for all of us, it should be a celebration. It should be a victory lap for all the time spent anticipating it and saving up our money for it. All of us. So, you know, it, it might not matter to some people. I want to just be clear about that. I am not speaking for everyone. I'm speaking for myself right now. But this might not matter to some people and, and more power to them if they, you know, couldn't care less about it. Again, I, I kind of, I wish I, I wish I were that way about this. But it really does matter to me and to plenty of other people because, uh, again, this is a car that I've been obsessing over uh, in my case, making a podcast about, in your case, listening to a podcast about, and for, uh, you know, talking to friends about, and for many of us, it's going to be the most money we've ever spent on a car. Uh, so, you know, I won't argue with anyone who says this isn't a big deal, because it may very well not be for them, but to many of us, this is a big deal, and I'm really disappointed with not only the the action itself, but I'm equally disappointed, if not even more disappointed, by the way in which Tesla has handled this. Radio silence from Elon. Uh, he's been tweeted at many times, I'm sure. Not just, you know, I, I've tagged him, uh, and I know, plenty, I'm sure plenty of others have. And, you know, the, the statement given by Tesla really just rang hollow for me, Certainly, uh, you know, I, I'm not buying it. The whole, you know, the whole uh, plan from the, at this stage just does not make sense. It does not add up. And I'm just, I'm really disappointed. And I hope, you know, I know Tesla is, a, is still a very young company and they are going through growing pains and they're going to make mistakes. They've made mistakes before and they're going to make them again. And, and again, I still believe that they, get the benefit of the doubt until the track record is consistent enough that they no longer deserve the benefit of the doubt. And I hope that day never comes. But for now, uh, I believe they've handled this very poorly. Uh, I think the change is a, is a negative change. It is a downgrade to those people that are spent, that are forced at this point, by the way. They, they, I mean, they, well, okay. They're not forced to take delivery of the car. They can defer. But for now, if you want to take delivery of that car uh, and just get that tax credit while it's still on the table, you must take the premium package for an extra $5,000, which includes this head headliner material that is, uh, for me, disappointing. I encourage you to seek out pictures of it. If you are in either the Bay Area or LA, I highly encourage you to go to one of these Tesla stores to see it for yourself. It's been, we've, there is confirmation that 
both the Century City Los Angeles car and the Stanford Shopping Center car both have this textile headliner material. I actually want to go see it for myself because uh, I've only seen the pictures and the pictures, uh, you know, they, te- they, they say a lot a side by side with a picture. I mean, I've seen the Alcantara in real life, but I've also seen pictures of it. You can, again, see them right now on Tesla's site. I think there's no comparison. I think this is a downgrade and it's disappointing. It's material that I would expect to see in the non uh, premium interior, premium upgrade package. I would expect something better in that $5,000 package. So uh, I'm sure you folks are going to have responses to this uh, one way or the other and, and some different takes and some different opinions. And of course, I always welcome those on the Ride the Lightning hotline. You can either, uh, some of you like to just record a question on your smartphone with your built-in phone voice recorder, and then you can email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number where you just leave a message, and that toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. I suspect we're going to dedicate a little time to this in the Ride the Lightning hotline next week, but that is the situation for now. Uh, the thing, the one thing I will say too about Tesla is things can and do change, uh, often. So it is entirely possible that by the time a lot of us get our cars, cause again, we're still in the, uh, mostly California, but the delivery, you know, the invites rather have gone, have gone out a bit wider across the country now, but we're still in such an early phase, uh, where it's still Tesla owners taking delivery of model threes that by the time most of us get our cars, the material could, might, may have changed back. It may have changed to something else. Uh, Tesla is nothing if not responsive to feedback. They don't usually stick their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 not hearing you about the headliner, la, 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 textile is good. They, they do hear us, and they are responsive more often than not. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with this, but a disappointing action and a disappointing reaction to me from, from Tesla. Let's move on to some happier news. And that is, uh, Elon Musk, what, Daisy, what on earth are you doing back there? Oh, don't tear your bed. Oh, she's tearing at her own bed. She is in full puppy mode. Anyway, nobody wants to hear about <laughs> what's going on with the puppy. Back to Tesla news. Uh, Elon Musk wants to put a rock and roll drive-in at an LA area supercharger. He says on Twitter, quote, gonna put an old school drive-in roller skates and rock restaurant at one of the new Tesla supercharger locations in LA. And apparently there will be popcorn as well as quote, an outdoor screen that plays a highlight reel of the best scenes in movie history. Because again, people won't be charging long enough to stick around for the whole film, nor does Tesla want people sticking around for two hours, taking up supercharger stalls. They want people in and out of there. That's the whole point of supercharging. Uh, and you'll also be able to order food right from your car. Elon saying, quote, we can just have the menu pop up as soon as you put the car into park. I would have to presume that you'll also be able to pay using your My Tesla account, just as you would for supercharging credits. You don't even have to have any cash on you or, or even your credit card or Apple Pay. I'm guessing you can just do it right through the car. So my question on this is, uh, do you, 
Do you guys think that this is going to happen before or after the roller coaster that Elon mentioned that would go into the to the Tesla factory? Uh, I kid. I kid, of course. But remember, he did say that. That was one idea he, he did put out there. Very confidently, I might add. But uh, I, would, I, I would think that this, this uh, rock and roll drive-in kind of thing has a much higher probability of getting off the ground and soon compared to a roller coaster in Fremont. But uh, by the way, on this note, he, he stuck with this as people were applying to him. Elon was warmed to the idea of a uh, trophy or achievement system that's tied to supercharger visits. For those of you who are video gamers, you know that on, well, pretty much a lot of platforms now, heck, even, I guess, this, pretty much every platform, but certainly Xbox with its achievement system and PlayStation with its trophy system have, uh, you know, these these commendations that you earn on your profile, your overall system profile, for doing, you know, achieving certain feats within your video games. And someone sort of basically suggested the very same thing to Elon with these, with uh, visiting superchargers. And uh, in fact, they said, they told Elon, you should give digital trophies for visiting each supercharger. Imagine the tourism you would create. And then Elon wrote back and said, that sounds cool, will do. Now on that note, uh, talking about this very topic. Here's Ben from Carmel, Indiana. Ben, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Ben from Carmel, Indiana. I just wanted to uh, talk about the um, digital trophies that was mentioned to Elon on Twitter based on the uh, supercharger destinations. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Um, just seeing what you think coming from your gaming Xbox background. Um, I think it'd be really cool to, you know, have uh the Tesla scores, if you will, on their Tesla website, see people get high scores. I think it'd be a cool thing to uh, promote tourism, uh, destination traveling around the country, around the world. Uh, just see what you think. Thanks. I love it, Ben. It encourages zero emissions travel, and it's fun. I could totally see an opt-in leaderboard, as you suggest. Uh, and, and what about prizes, like real-life prizes? Given Tesla's history with the referral program, I could see them offering some neat little prizes, you know, jackets, t-shirts, other kind of swag. If you hit certain milestones, like maybe visiting all the superchargers in a state or even an entire country. So I say bring it on. I love the idea of gamifying supercharger visits. I think there's a lot of good and fun to be had in that. Uh, next up this week... Franz von Holzhausen, Tesla's chief designer, took the red Roadster prototype, the 2020 Roadster. He took it out for a drive and a photo shoot last week, and uh, he posted on his Twitter account a wonderful, just a great picture of him cruising down a scenic road with the top down. Uh, but then, unfortunately, that smile turned into a frown later in that same drive. The Roadster was disabled in some capacity while in uh, Malibu, I believe it was, on what look very, looks very much like a residential street, and uh, as such was photographed by somebody, and those pictures were, of course, posted all over the internet. Franz is on the phone in one picture. There's a Model S chase vehicle uh, in one of the pictures, which may very well have been used to take the photos earlier, the, the passenger in that car. And there are these kind of little rolling lifting devices 
that would seemingly be used to move the car if it could not move under its own power. Now, Tesla said uh, in a statement that the car didn't break down and that it was able to drive off on its own, but it's still unclear why it was stopped in the middle of the road, hence my use of the term disabled vehicle there. So at, at the very least, something went wrong. But uh, I, I have to say, I relay this story not to pick on Tesla or certainly the Roadster, but actually quite the opposite. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that they took the car out in broad daylight on public roads and didn't worry about camouflaging it or hiding it in any way. I mean, it's a prototype. Things are going to go wrong. That's just that's just uh, the or the way of things. I mean, I'm sure that they they learned something valuable in the process of taking this thing out and having something go wrong. And while I I obviously don't know what the malfunction was specifically related to, I'll remind you that this car has three motors in it, which Tesla's never done before. So, you know, if it maybe it was something related to that, again, I'm speculating. I don't know what it was, but it, whatever it was, it's good for Tesla to learn lots of stuff, which can obviously best be done not by running models and simulations in this case, but by getting out and actually driving the car. So um, I have to say, you know, whether it would have been moving or not, I would have loved to have seen it out on the road. Uh, that would just be a very, very cool thing to witness in early 2018 for a car that's not out in two to three years from now. All right, uh, just a couple more quick stories before we move on to a an absolutely packed Ride the Lightning hotline. You guys really came through big time on the Ride the Lightning hotline this week, but your friend and mine, Brooks, from the YouTube channel Drag Times, who of course does a whole lot of Tesla stuff in addition to other cars, but yeah, I think he's probably best known for uh, putting basically every, any, every single Tesla variant through its paces on uh, racetracks and and uh, wherever he some sometimes he's not on a racetrack he just he just apparently must know some quiet spots to do this stuff but he uh, he got a hold of a Model Three from a from a friend who took delivery so what do you think that Brooks from Drag Times did with the car yeah he uh, he ran some speed tests with it and let's listen to a clip of that. Now, here's Brooks from the YouTube channel, Drag Times. All right, we're in a one more zero to 60 try. A little warmer battery, let's see what it does. Here we go. There we go, faster, zero to 60 in 4.7 seconds in the Tesla Model 3. Well ahead of Tesla's estimates of, or stated specs of 5.1. So it actually ended up at 4.663 seconds when he pulled the V-Box data, which is very impressive. And again, this is not, this car doesn't have special tires. It wasn't under special circumstances. Brooks just took it out to a quiet spot that he knows, 
uh, had did a couple runs, and this one, the battery had warmed up, and he, he pulled 4.663 seconds on a bone stock Model 3. Uh, so guess what? Can't wait to see what the dual motor car is going to do. And then after that, you guessed it, the performance version. I wonder if my 3.3 to 3.6 range uh, for 0 to 60, that's my guess. You'll remember if that's going to come true or if, if that's what Tesla's going to advertise it as and whatever it is, what's it actually going to do? You know, ho- hopefully both the dual motor and the performance Model 3s will continue Tesla's now long tradition of under-promising and over-delivering in the zero to 60 department. So good stuff from Brooks at Drag Times. And finally this week, just a quick note, if you happen to be in Rhode Island, I know it's uh, it's the tiniest state in the nation, but I bet I've got listeners there. Well, you folks are getting your own Tesla store. No more having to go to Massachusetts. Look for that store in Warwick coming up later this quarter after there was some confusion about the dealership laws there that have now been cleared up and they have been cleared up in Tesla's favor. So uh, check another state off the list of uh, sort of battleground states in this, as I have dubbed it many times, this war on Tesla by the the state-by-state battles in in a greater war against Tesla by the auto dealers to get them to not be able to sell their cars direct to consumers. Well, now you can in Rhode Island. So good news there. All right, that is it for the news this week. I hope you'll stick around because there are a whole bunch of just wonderful, wonderful uh, phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. I believe this may have been the most uh, call, the highest call volume I've ever received in a single week. I had to had to save a lot of these for the next Patreon show. Uh, or maybe a couple could kick to next week, depending if there's room next week, but so many great calls. And I, and that is not a complaint, by the way, that is a thank you. I really appreciate the participation. And I got to say, literally not a single one of the calls I got was one where I'm just like, nah, throw that out. Like they were all good in some way. They all had some interesting point to make or question to ask. So uh, gonna come right back and do a bunch of them But again, not all of them. So if you called in and don't hear yourself, your call will get put to good use eventually, I promise. So stick around. We'll do some Ride the Lightning Hotline right after this. All right, with Daisy seemingly down for the count for the night, she is snoozing away now on the couch. She is unlikely to be a distraction again this, the, for the rest of this episode. I welcome you to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your time to shine here and shine you folks did this week. As I said, the most calls I've ever gotten in a week, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So again, if you don't hear yourself, stick around either for next week or the Ride the Lightning Patreon bonus episode that happens on Patreon uh, once a month. So this week, we are going to kick off with Jim from Phoenix. But before I do that, I want to remind you that uh, you can call in. If you, I suspect, again, a lot of folks will probably want to throw their two cents in on this headliner situation or whatever else you want to talk about. 
You can record something on your smartphone and email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or if it's easier, feel free to use the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline. You just dial in toll-free and leave a message. The number is 1-888-989-8752. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you want to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Jim and Phoenix uh, and a few other people want to talk Tesla pickup about what Elon's big idea for that might be. Let's start with Jim and Phoenix. Hello, Ryan. Uh, this is Jim from Phoenix. Hey, great show as always. Uh, really enjoy it. I'd like to take a stab at uh, your question about why Elon has um, you know, a need for maybe a slightly larger um, electric truck than the uh, F-150. You know, I don't know exactly where, but I recall that he rode in an empty internal combustion engine truck, and he couldn't believe how bad it rode. I mean, it was empty, and I guess it was really designed, you know, to, for a smooth or comfortable ride when it was loaded. And he was just really disappointed, and he thought he could do so much better. So, I mean, this is kind of a reach, but I think Elon has in his mind some sort of a dynamic balancing with perhaps the battery location or, or some of the battery. You know, maybe he needs the truck to be slightly larger so that he can, you know, move some part of the battery, you know, inside, you know, the vehicle, you know, perhaps vertical or front to back, uh, you know, for the truck to balance the weight so it's comfortable, empty, and loaded uh, down with cargo. So, you know, I'm just thinking maybe it's something like that. Uh, But uh, just thought I'd uh, throw my opinion in and... um, Thank you so much for the podcast. Really enjoy it again. Bye. Interesting thought, Jim. Thanks for calling in. And it's interesting because you weren't the only person who went down this path. John from Colorado sent in a similar thought, and he even kindly linked me to the clip from the 2013 Test Live event where Elon Musk talked about this. So uh, take a listen to it, and thank you again, John, for giving me the heads up on this. Here's Elon. Uh, my question is one to which I response at the factory. Uh, and I know you have capacity issues, but I'm wondering when we're going to see a Tesla truck. The potential to reduce carbon emissions in light and large trucks, especially commercial, not just pickup trucks, there's a tremendous opportunity there to uh, you know, reduce the carbon footprint. I, I, actually, I totally agree with that. Um, and um, I, I definitely am I'm, I'm quite keen on, on building a truck. Um, and, and I think there's, uh, there's a lot one can do with, uh, with, with, with truck technology. Like one of the things I think that should be present in, in, in trucks uh, is, is, a, is something like an air suspension um, that dynamically adjusts the load um, and sort of keeps the angle of the, car, of, of the truck correct and, and, and the ride height uh, even and adjusts the damping in real time. Um, because the challenge you have with any, any vehicle where, where there's a big difference a big, big potential difference between the uh, minimum and maximum load is that the suspension is always wrong, and usually wrong by a lot. Um, and um, like when I was I was driving an, an F two fifty down the, the four hundred five uh, one day, and, and honestly, that thing was it was resonating at the four hundred five. You know, the little r- ridges between the, and and I was like, man, my teeth are going to rattle out of my head. It's like. Um, 
But if, if you put load in it, it's fine. But if you're, if you're empty, it's, it's not. So I think it would be good to do, to do that. And, and then to obviously to make it light and, and, and really handle well. Um, and again, that's where like having a battery pack uh, low can, can improve the center of gravity. So you can, I think it's possible to create a really uh, well-handling truck at, that, that, that feels good um, at any load point. That would be really great. So there you go, Jim. You and John are on the same page. And judging from Elon's pretty thorough comments, even though they're from almost five years ago, I would expect to see an impressive suspension on the Tesla pickup at the very, very least. Uh, let's go next. More pickup thoughts from Ken in London. Ken, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Ken from London. I was listening to your latest podcast yesterday. Um, asking for ideas about what you think will be the uh, unexpected, the new amazing feature on the pickup. And I just thought straight away, you know what? He's going to broaden this out. I think the um, master plan part Durr mentioned that uh, they want to uh, cover all the, for all the basic forms of transport, but they're not going to do that for years. Why not just make the pickup available as a rolling chassis? And then all sorts of other people can put bodies on it and bingo you've got any kind of vehicle that's not presently covered he's already said that the pickup is basically a shrunk down semi a semi truck that being the case it can handle absolutely anything that you put on top of it it can handle any weight and it's got enormous potential range so uh, yeah that that might by a you know crazy idea that just might explain that sighting of a a, a school bus that was uh, charging up at a supercharger uh, about a month ago that somebody or other snapped. Well, there's that. One other person I can't claim credit for this one. One other person said that maybe the flatbed of the the pickup will drop right down, so that then you've basically got a ramp coming down to ground level and you can just roll stuff straight into the back of it, then it jacks itself up, and off you drive. So there's two. I hope one of them uh, uh, stirs some, think some thoughts. Thanks. Bye. We heard the angled bed to serve as a ramp last week, but yes, I suppose the customizability factor could come into play, especially since the skateboard, that would be, of course, the battery pack and floor pan, would be able to maintain a strong chassis no matter what you threw on top of it. So maybe Tesla sells different rear bits that you could swap in behind the cab? I could see that, though uh, I will note that, again, I'm not sure if that satisfied Elon's caveat that this big new idea would require the pickup to be a bit larger than other pickups. But I like your thinking, Ken. Thanks so much for calling in. Let's do uh, one more caller on the pickup. It is Doug in Seattle. Uh, good afternoon. This is Doug from Seattle. Uh, I was looking, listening to your podcast uh, regarding the pickup truck and the special feature that might be added on to the pickup truck. I have a feeling uh, what Elon is talking about is having an onboard generator. Since we have all the power and the battery, why not have an onboard generator so... Uh, uh, folks that are using the pickup truck in a utility manner uh, could be able to plug in their electric tools, etc. So they'd have their own generator built into the truck uh, versus having to hook up a generator uh, on land. Anyway, this is Doug from uh, Seattle, 
and uh, I just thought I'd add that in. I enjoy your podcast a lot. Please keep it coming, and uh, we look forward to the next one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, I like that idea a lot, Doug. I admit I don't know about the power requirements of commercial class tooling, as you refer to, but I'd have to imagine that the 100-plus kilowatt-hour battery pack that the Tesla pickup is, I think, very likely to have would uh, make that feature more than feasible without compromising the range of the vehicle. So good stuff. Uh, Love all the ideas on the Tesla pickup. Going to be interesting to see what Elon and Tesla do with that in the coming years. Let's move on. I want to hear now from Bob in Austin. He's a Model S owner. He's called in a bunch of times. He wanted to give a firsthand account of road tripping in in an electric vehicle versus an ICE vehicle. So Bob, go ahead. Hi, it's Bob from Austin. As my wife and I prepare to take another cross-country trip in our Model S, your comments on the last show about your drive time to your parents' house, increasing from 12 hours in an ICE to 15 hours in a Model 3, came to mind. You mentioned how everyone says long distance is driving so much better in a Tesla. I want to second that with a loud voice and speak to your listeners who are looking forward to owning a Tesla. I can explain what it's like, but one really doesn't understand until they've experienced it firsthand. At the end of a 10 to 12 hour driving day, we arrive rested and refreshed, something that has never happened in our lives before this car. The serenity of a quiet, vibration-free acceleration and cruise, the reassurance that I have the power to quickly get out of the rare, dangerous situations, the security that I'm driving the safest car on the road, the comfort that autopilot provides on the highways, and the refreshing stops we make for recharging during the trip all add up to a glimpse into the future. We always looked forward to traveling, but the actual driving part really wasn't appealing. Well, today, the driving itself is something I really look forward to. As I said, all who have experienced this can explain it, but the epiphany that happens the first time you experience a road trip yourself is priceless. Enjoy your journeys. Bob, thank you so much for calling in. I was hoping that an actual Tesla owner would call in to share a real-life account of a Tesla road trip, and you have delivered. Thank you, Bob. In fact, you've described it so well that even though I can't uh, yet relate to it myself, but I've gone from making a deep sigh when I think about a 15-hour drive with Daisy from uh, here in San Francisco to the to my parents' house in the Phoenix area, uh, which, again, I'm planning on doing this holiday with the car, you've now actually gotten me excited about the drive. I, like, I'm looking forward to it now, To even though it's still going to be a long day, but I'm looking forward to the adventure and to seeing how it goes and how I'm going to feel. So thank you again, Bob. Your calls are always fantastic. Always appreciate you chiming in. Uh, Speaking of frequent callers, here's our friend DJ in North Central Ohio talking about the the trip planner on Tesla's website that I mentioned last week. DJ, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. DJ in North Central Ohio here. I wanted to comment real quick on the uh, maps coming online, uh, the mapping system from the cars. And the one thing that I'll note is for those of us out here that don't have a current car like myself that's sitting in an 85D Model S, uh, that kind of stinks a little bit because you can't really plan much of anything when they don't put your actual car on the thing. 
And that's kind of omitting probably the majority of owners out there because the 90 and the 100s were only kind of more recent advents. Uh, and the uh, 60s and the 85s were, were really all there was to have until I think it was like 2015, really. So, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there for those of us existing owners out there that were wanting to give that a shot. Uh, maybe maybe it's not going to be as awesome as thought because you don't get the calculations that you'd expect out of actually sitting in the car. So have a good one, Ryan. Later. I completely agree with you, DJ. In fact, I somehow hadn't even noticed that it only lists the current variants of each car Tesla sells. I mean, Tesla has all the data for your 85D and every other car. They know what those cars can do. It doesn't make sense to me that they're not there. I mean, it must just be for to avoid confusion. They figure, well, people that already own the cars can just use their in-car uh, browser and trip planner that, that's relevant to their car and their configuration. But uh, I, I, I would think that having the old cars in there, it's not like they're going to make the new cars look bad on the trip planner. Like, oh, wow, look at that. Look what that old, you know, 70D can do. I mean, in fact, like it's like those the new cars would or the old cars being in there would make the new ones look even better. So uh, I hope that previous S and X variants will be added in there over time. But uh, by the way, if you're not sure what I'm talking about from last week's show, if you missed it, go to Tesla.com/trips and you can now uh, estimate the the distance of a road trip and the time of a road trip, including supercharger stops, which is the same sort of menu that you have inside a Tesla vehicle. Next is Andrew from Ottawa. He got to test drive a Model 3. It was, uh, well, you know what? I'll let him explain. Andrew, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Andrew from Ottawa here. I'm calling because I just got to test drive the Model 3, and it was awesome. I was driving Yo-Yo's road trip uh, in Ottawa, and we got to drive also uh, after a fresh sleet of snow, and so we drove uh, at night through unplowed streets, and it's a rear-wheel drive with snow tires, and I have to say it performed beautifully, far better than I thought it might in the snow. And it's actually making me question whether I need all-wheel drive, because even if I commute potentially 100 kilometers in blizzard conditions, uh, it felt far better than my current vehicle, Honda Civic, um, and it performed beautifully in the snow. And although all-wheel drive would be nice to have for the extra performance, safety, and power, it didn't feel like it was necessary and could save me a bit of money. Uh, That being said, uh, of course the ride was amazing, but it was also important to note that it was a little grounding because uh, different flaws were uh, highlighted because as uh, non-owners and Model 3 reservation holders, we've been putting the Tesla on such a pedestal that we have to remember that it's still just a car and that there will be flaws. And even though most of them were able to be fixed by, um, by software updates, there will still be different flaws. One of the bigger ones was actually the amount of, uh, battery range lost in the extreme cold weather that we were having. Uh, it's something like 40% with the vampire drain. I think he said of about 50 kilometers, uh, overnight when he parked it in the dead of winter. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to also uh, say uh, in your recent podcast, uh, you told Andrew from Canada's daughter about seeing the stars at night. Uh, We did drive at night, and I have to unfortunately tell you that you won't likely be able to see the stars. In fact, the uh, 
the streetlights were quite dimmed because the roof is very tinted and so uh, you might not be able to see with as much detail or clarity through that roof. Anyway, thanks for the great podcast and take care. Thanks for this call, Andrew. It has long been known that rear-wheel drive Teslas perform better in wintry conditions than their ICE counterparts. So I'm nevertheless, I'm really glad you were impressed by the car. I'm super glad to hear that. Now, as to whether or not you should wait, remember that as a Canadian, you won't have an expiring federal tax credit that may influence your decision on whether to wait or not, and that you might not have to wait for all-wheel drive at all relative to your situation because, uh, of course, since Canadian deliveries aren't happening until at least late 2018, if my memory is correct, the dual-motor cars will already have been coming off the production line for a while at that point, and you should, I would think, have your pick of any configuration you want. I still think it's worth it. However, uh, you know, however well I would say that you you felt the rear-wheel drive car handled in the snow, just remember that the all-wheel drive car is going to be that much better, plus the extra range, plus the extra performance for what should be roughly $4,000 or so. That's, again, my own estimate. But I know that's still, that is not an insignificant amount of money, so I totally see that. But, you know, either way, here's the thing, either way, at least now you know uh, you can make a more informed decision for yourself. You've, you've seen a rear-wheel drive Model 3 in action in some pretty uh, significant winter conditions. Now, as for the glass roof, you've still got the rear window that's pretty untinted, but I, I take your point. You know, looking straight up might not quite give you that view, especially, I guess, if you're a young child in a car seat, so you're kind of forward a little bit, but at least you're not looking at headliner material in front of a metal roof in the Model 3. All right, we've got uh, three more calls. Let's kick off the final three with Brad from Ottawa, uh, who again wants to talk winter st- winter stuff with Teslas. So, Brad, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Brad calling from Ottawa. First time caller, love the show. Been listening for well over a year now. I had two questions about winter and Teslas. First, it might be an obvious question to most people, but I'm not sure about it. How do the Teslas start in very, very cold conditions. If, for example, my car has been parked and not plugged in for a couple days and it's minus 30 out, is there ever a chance that the car is just not going to start? And my second question has to do with uh, self-driving in the winter. Three or four months of the year here, there really are no lanes. There are just grooves that are made by the cars. Uh, you can't see the lines in the road. You can, can't even see the road. And some of the side streets go from being three or four car width wide to being one car width wide because of the berms of snow, and you have to take turns driving. So I was wondering, how will self-driving work in these kinds of conditions, or will it not? Um, yeah, so those are my questions. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Love the show. Hello to the puppy, and uh, Happy New Year. Second question first, Brad. Tesla has claimed that it will be possible for full self-driving to work even without lane markings. If you go into the design studio right now, in the description for full self-driving, it says, your Tesla will figure out the optimal route, navigate urban streets, parentheses, even without lane markings, end quote, etc. So uh, I presume it's either using radar for that, which Elon specifically said he likes over LiDAR 
because the radar can see through stuff like snow or fog. Now, it could also use fleet learning, sending up-to-the-minute routes that maybe the previous Teslas have taken through that particular snow-impacted area, send them back to the mothership to be then beamed out to all the other cars in that immediate area. It's possible, I suppose. I mean, it's a tall order, for sure, but uh, I wonder if that's going to end up being something that even full self-driving has to build toward over time. As for starting in the cold, uh, yes, it should work, no problem, because uh, what will happen, the battery's going to drain a lot faster in that cold, particularly if the car's not plugged in, but the car doesn't start, it just turns on. So you should quite literally be good to go. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't pass that, that little pun up. All right, uh, here's Krister from Pasadena who wants to talk Model 3 doors. Krister, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Krister down in Pasadena, a charge or two south of where you are. Um, uh, first of all, thanks for taking my call, and thanks for uh, creating this rad podcast week after week. I love it. Um, quick thought about the Model 3 doors. I was just watching a video online, some guys showing off the car, and I thought I noticed that when you push in your thumb to... Uh, let the handle pop out and open the door, it looks as if the window rolls down about an inch or so just as you open the door. And then when you close the door, the window rolls up back that inch, sort of nesting the window up into that rubber molding rather than pressing against it. Um, it was really quick, and I'm not sure if that's what I saw, but it looked like that's what I was seeing. And I'd just love to hear your thoughts and, and see if you've noticed that. I've never heard anyone mention it, so either I'm crazy or it's such a little detail that... Um, it hasn't come up, but just love to hear your thoughts on it. And again, thanks for rocking this podcast. Ah, Pasadena. Speaking of uh, trips in my Model 3 in the future to uh, my parents' house in Arizona, I will be passing through Pasadena in order to do that trip. I, as I think I might have mentioned, I expect my wife and daughter will fly and I will drive the dog <laughs> to, to Arizona. Uh, you, you, should, you should come hang out with me for the 45 minutes or so that I'll need to charge up at the supercharger there. Anyway, uh, you saw correctly. This is exactly how the Model 3 door windows work. And uh, just in case others may be wondering, by the way, when you push the handle in, the door actually pops out a little bit on its own, just like the Model S does with its self-presenting door handles. So when you put your hand in there uh, and it senses it, it pops the door out, and then you just pull the door the rest of the way. And then, uh, um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Apparently, a lot of the early Model 3s, at least so far, require a pretty firm shut of the door in order to close them all the way. Hopefully, that's a manufacturing adjustment that Tesla is going to be able to make so that that little, you know, very minor issue is gone by the time most of us take delivery on our cars. So we shall see. Cheers, Krister. Thank you so much for the call. And let's close it out this week with our friend Eric in Chicago, who looked into the Tesla insurance program uh, with, and with some interesting findings. So Eric, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, it's Eric Martin from Chicago. I uh, found something kind of interesting with the Insure My Tesla program on Tesla's website. I know before it looked like it wasn't that great of a deal. Um, and as uh, my delivery will uh, loom closer, as will all of ours, I decided to see what State Farm, my current insurance provider would uh, quote me on a rate for a Model 3. And um, they quoted out a rate that was like 
over $1,100 for six months. It works out to like $195 a month or something like that. And I thought, geez, that sounds kind of high. So I went to insure my Tesla and um, they uh, send you to Liberty Mutual and they don't have a Model 3 selection. So you kind of have to put in the, the stuff that it has uh, you know, on your own. But what I came back with was $59 a month, um, which is like awesome. Like $195 a month versus $59 a month. And you get the whole like advantage of, you know, insurance through Tesla. I think that's totally awesome. Anyway, um, just thought I'd throw that out there. Thanks for sharing that, Eric. Unfortunately, your experience seems to be the exception rather than the rule thus far, at least with the quotes that people have been getting and reporting online since the program launched. But maybe things have changed, though, you know, be it from Tesla correcting things after the negative feedback in the beginning or, or what have you. I think what your call is, is your phone call here is a reminder to me and to all of us that it can't hurt to look into that Insure My Tesla program again, uh, or for some folks for the first time, once our delivery windows get closer. Just explore that option. I mean, why not? You got nothing to lose. So thanks, Eric, for the call. Thanks, everybody, for the fantastic calls this week. Again, more calls than I could, could fit in here. I already, I feel like I was already pushing it with all, <laughs> that was a lot of calls this week, but hopefully you enjoyed the Ride the Lightning Hotline segment. If you would like to participate Again, you can just record something on your smartphone with the built-in voice recorder that most smartphones have and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or if you like, you can use the very simple-to-use Ride the Lightning hotline. Just call in on the toll-free number and leave a message anytime, day or night. The phone number for that is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Be right back with a few parting thoughts for you right after this. All right, that about wraps it up for another edition of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. I, I don't know, I don't feel bad, but I, I'm bummed that I had to yell at Tesla this week. I don't have to do it often. Uh, thankfully, and hopefully I will continue to not have to do it often, but I would much rather celebrate what Tesla's doing. And certainly there was plenty of cool stuff to celebrate and have fun with this week. But uh, yeah, you know, Tesla needed the old scolding this week. So we'll see, we'll see how they uh, address these kinds of things going forward. But for now, uh, I remind you that you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me anytime teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you are in the market for some Tesla accessories for you or your car, hit up abstractocean.com. And if you see anything you like there, be it the puddle lights or something else, you can get 20% off of your first order by using the coupon code RTLpodcast. That's all one word, RTLpodcast at checkout. Uh, Let's see here. Ah, Immaculate Reflections, if you're taking delivery of your Model 3 or planning to, you know, you want to take good care of the car, make sure it's always looking as good as possible, you can go a long way towards doing that by protecting that paint. Check out irdetailing.com or look up uh, Immaculate Reflections on Yelp or Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections. 
They've got over 16 years of experience. They are the Bay Area's premier detailing solution. They'll do new car delivery prep for you if you want, ceramic coatings, uh, paint protection film, all that stuff. They are uh, a stone's throw, a long stone's throw, but they're in the neighborhood. They're, they're not too far from the Tesla factory if you are taking delivery up here in Northern California. So do look into them for your car. Uh, the current iteration of the referral program runs through the end of January. It remains to be seen yet whether it's going to be extended or uh, changed in any way uh, if it does continue. But for now, if you're buying an SRX, you want to make sure to use my cousin Pat's referral code in order to get yourself free unlimited lifetime supercharging. Use the code PATRICK5008. You can either give that to your sales advisor if you're working with one, or uh, to just get the code baked right into your order on online. Just type in ts.la slash Patrick5008. That's a short link that'll take you to the design studio for Tesla to, to configure your SRX with that free unlimited lifetime supercharging baked right in. I would be very grateful if you happen to uh, enjoy this podcast week in, week out. You get a lot out of it, info-wise, entertainment-wise, maybe both. Uh, maybe consider supporting me on Patreon. You can look up my Patreon page and see what's doing over there uh, and decide there if, uh, if, you, if you're interested in supporting me. You can find the page at patreon.com slash Podcast. And on that note, I would like to thank the Patreon producers. These are the kind folks that support me every month at the $20 level or higher. I want to say thanks to Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael O'Prey, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester. We've got Robert Maracle, John Lasher, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Aaron Greenberg, Peter Chalet. Uh, yes, Peter, that was right. That was the correct, <laughs> Chalet was the correct pronunciation he gave me. Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, and Rome Strack. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. Most of you subscribe to the podcast because that's free and it's easy. And what that does is it means the podcast downloads to you instead of you having to seek it out. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, and coming soon, possibly now, it's, uh, it's on Spotify now. If you're a Spotify user, I want to thank Spotify for reaching out to me. Uh, in fact, do I have his name here? Yes, I will thank him. He is uh, Jonathan. I want to thank Jonathan from the Spotify team for uh, reaching out. He is a listener of this podcast since episode one. Thank you, Jonathan. And he works at Spotify, and they now uh, support Libsyn podcasts. So I've plugged that in, and they say it takes a few days to, to get through. So hopefully by the time any of you hear this, that should be good to go. So if you prefer Spotify, do feel free to look up the podcast over there. And I just want to end, uh, you know, I, I don't want to toot my own horn here. That's why I'm just putting it at the end. But I also don't want this person, uh, it's Christian from Utah. 
I don't want Christian to think that I don't that I didn't hear him or that I'm not responding to him because I got your call, Christian, and uh, boy, it it really your call means a lot. I'm going to end with this after the, uh, or I guess I'll do it heading into the the theme song. But you know this this call means a lot. It's it's so rewarding to hear that that people appreciate my efforts. Uh, you don't have to do it. Nobody has to call in and say they they like it. Just just listening to it's enough. But uh, I'm I am human, so it's definitely a nice thing to hear. Thank you so much, Christian. Here's his call uh, that he was so kind to leave, and I will see you all again next week. Happy electric motoring. Hi, I just wanted to call and leave you a message of appreciation. I'm so glad you're doing this podcast. Thank you so much. It is so awesome to be always way up to date on all things Tesla. I really appreciate like the cause as well. I'm totally invested in it. I hope to be a Tesla owner someday. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm really impressed that you actually do it every single week, even through the holidays. I was really impressed with that. I just got caught up on all the episodes, and I love that you did that. So thank you. You're awesome. And have a wonderful 2018. Uh, and, oh, sorry, this is uh, Christian Lindsay from Taylorsville, Utah. Have a great day.